If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. And welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm delighted to be back with you again. Now, over time, I do interview people several times, and I quite like to do that over the course of a, of a couple of years. I've, I've interviewed, as you know, Alan Egan four times, Antonio Bortolotti on multiple occasions, and of course, Matt Landau. And it's always great to hear from them how the industry is changing over time and just keep up to date on their perceptions of the industry. About two years ago, in fact, a little over two years ago in September 2015, I interviewed Steve Milo, who is the founder of Vacation Rental Pros, which is a property management company located in Florida. Now, in that interview, we talked about how Vacation Rental Pros had grown from its infancy in 2006, when Steve started with 15 properties, to where he was in 2015, which was just under a thousand. And it's just amazing growth of his business. And he talked about his acquisition of a number of different companies and how he integrated those acquisitions into his very tightly controlled over, overall company. And it was it was really interesting to to hear his perspective from 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 this view of a large property management company and what his vision of the future was. And then in February of this year, February of 2017, or maybe it was March, I went to the VRMA European Conference in Amsterdam and I saw Steve speak on the topic of OTAs. It was, you know, how we integrate OTAs into our businesses. And he talks about the, talked about the pros and the cons of Airbnb, HomeAway, TripAdvisor, Booking.com. And of course, he touched on their parent companies like uh, Priceline and Expedia. And it was a fascinating, really fascinating look at how a major property management company integrates their properties within all these different uh, channels, all these different listing sites. If you want to hear this presentation for yourself, Steve's going to be delivering it at the Vacation Rental Success Summit in May 2018 in San Antonio. He's going to be doing a keynote session, so I think that's going to be incredibly interesting. For those of you who are listening on this day of publication and are going to the Vacation Rental Management Association Conference in Orlando from the 15th to 18th of October of 2017, uh, Steve is going to be part of a general session on the Tuesday morning, Tuesday, October the 17th. Is there a future for property managers? If, If you are a property manager, if you're interested in becoming a property manager, this could be the one reason you need to go to VRMA to listen to panelists here. And you'll be hearing from Simon Lehman, who's a senior advisor at Focusrite, Ben Edwards. Ben's been on this show a couple of times. Uh, He's a very savvy and experienced property manager. Jody Taylor Rifosco, who is the co-owner of TaylorMade Deep Creek Vacations and Sales. And, and of course, Steve Milo is going to be there on that panel. So if you're interested in hearing his take along with the other panelists, it's still not too late to register for VRMA. And uh, I will see you there. I wanted to get Steve onto the podcast to actually talk about some of these issues. What what has changed over the past two years since I previously interviewed him and, and where, we, where we are with na- now with the OTAs? Because we know that there have been some dramatic changes. 
However, it's interesting that there are certain there are certain things that just have not changed. And in some in with some of these companies, it's their culture, and and that was quite interesting to look at as to can a a culture change in response to uh, the changing nature of the marketplace. Um, so Steve and I got together and had a great discussion about OTAs and how they impact our business. So without further ado, let's move on to the interview with Steve Milo of Vacation Rental Pros. Well, I'd like to welcome once again, Steve Milo of Vacation Rental Pros. Steve was with me on the show just about two years ago on uh, in September of 2015. So this is going to be an interesting conversation as we delve into what's been happening in the last two years and and hear more from Steve about um, where he thinks this industry is now and where it's going. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Heather. Good talking to you again. This is not the first time we've talked, of course, in, in two years. I, I've seen you at uh, VRMA uh, events and most recently in Amsterdam last, uh, last February, March, I think it was, when I uh, attended your presentation, which was into a jam-packed room and very well received by, let's say, 90% of the attendees. Yes, that's correct. Uh, there are a few uh, OTAs that weren't uh, overly happy with some of the uh, commentary I had, but uh, I think it was fair and balanced, and uh, hopefully... They took away information about where they needed to improve uh, their performance. Well, I, th- I think, I mean, you call your presentation unfiltered, and I, I think it's time that, that there was a little bit more of that. And, you know, I like the idea of, of them all being there and, and hopefully, as you say, taking away some of those pointers that you made, particularly in the, because you list the pros and the cons of each of these organizations and working with them. So for, for them to hear it and, and perhaps to hear the feedback from those in the room, I think is, 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 is good for them. And of course, for the industry as a whole. So let, let, let's just kick off by talking about your business. Cause I know that's really changed in the last two years. I mean, we, when we talked in September, 2015, I think you had around 900 properties. Um, you've got considerably more than that now. That's correct. Yeah. We've uh, done quite a bit of acquisition over the last two years. We've actually acquired 11 companies, uh, nine which were outside of the state of Florida, and uh, we've increased our unit count to well over 2,000 units. And part of that has been, uh, you know, we've, we've built a platform technology-enabled platform that allows us to expand and also allows us to uh, be very good at uh, keeping our costs under control. Uh, we're doing things a little different than some of the other uh, companies that are you know, talking about platforms, but uh, the, it's the same basic thought, which is uh, there's economy of scale in this industry, technology drives efficiency, and uh, it's a very fragmented, very inefficient industry that really cries out for consolidation and uh, companies that have the ability to use technology and also are very efficient with uh, managing their costs, I think are going to do well over the long run. Um, but of course, there's room for everyone. And if you're a small operator and you understand how to embrace and leverage technology and also ride out. Uh, this disruption that's coming from the OTAs, then uh, you know your prospects are going to be good long term. Uh, but it's it's an interesting time and an interesting market because of so much disruption by the OTAs. That was there when we last talked, and and certainly you were you were you brought that up in a in a previous um, iteration of your current presentation, and and I spent a little bit of time you know, comparing and contrasting the, the two presentations that you did, one, one in 2015 and, and the current one. But let, let's kick off with what the key changes are that the OTAs have, have brought. When you talk about disruption, what is it that they're doing that is disrupting the, the industry in, in a big way? And perhaps what are some of the smaller changes that are having um, a more incremental effect? 
Well, I think everything really starts two years ago when Expedia purchased HomeAway. If we really look at uh, property management, property managers always relied on OTAs for a good portion of their revenue. It's just that the old way, uh, which a lot of them utilize VRBO, HomeAway, was based on a subscription model, based on an inquiry lead generation model. There wasn't the connection of uh, a direct booking back then. So it was a it was a little harder to kind of track exactly what uh, what you were generating from VRBO, HomeAway, unless you were really driving the metrics. And of course, HomeAway wasn't driving the metrics because they were just offering a subscription. So there was no uh, connection between HomeAway and what revenue you generated. HomeAway basically offered you a premium subscription and a way to uh, go to an increased tier uh, if you wanted to. Uh, that model got flipped on its head when Expedia purchased HomeAway, and within four to five months, uh, HomeAway really went full-on transactional business. Um, and that has transformed the entire industry. So an industry which had uh, really grown up with VRBO being the uh, primary lead generation for almost uh, all of the property managers in the core vacation rental market, uh, all of a sudden these changes have created tremendous disruption. And so this really starts two years ago and has been accelerated um, by Expedia Homeway uh, with changes they've made recently. So changes they've made just in the last year have been the elimination of phone numbers, uh, email inquiries uh, essentially are eliminated, moved to a closed communication loop. Uh, that creates disruptions with companies who had set up these uh, uh, very intricate trigger emails or autoresponders, or we're using web marketing companies that were doing these things. Um, we're seeing some of the closed communication that are actually cloaking the guest email. So you really don't even have access to communication with the guest directly except for a cloaked email. Um, and we see that ultimately some of these listing services are trying to make listings from property managers generic so that uh, it's almost impossible for the guest to, to find the source of the information. Uh, this is really a pretty radical transformation in the industry, and it's causing a great amount of disruption because certain property managers have not been able to figure out how th to transform with it, and they're really struggling right now. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough time for some of these property managers who are not able to adapt. It's interesting as I talk to property managers and look at look at some of the the media coverage of this, where the, where the talk is really of you know where where does the property manager go from here? Is it is there any point in even having their own website anymore? And and are they just becoming de, de facto housekeepers and and you know cleaning companies now? There's going to be a digital divide between those property managers who can leverage. The changes and those who don't. Um, I think it's a pretty dramatic change that's happened and those property managers who are not able to leverage and embrace and exploit the changes with the OTAs are going to have a very, very tough time surviving um, in, you know, in the next several years. Um, those who can will, uh, obviously, they'll yield uh, the rewards of it. So I think it's going to be a there's going to be haves and have-nots. Anytime you see a disruption in an industry, those who can uh, survive um, are the ones who gain a bigger market share. Those who don't uh, obviously end up selling or going out of business. Uh, but, you know, there's not going to be a reversal of these policies. Um, that is for certain. So this is the future. The future is one where... Um, if you're very good at adapting and joining forces with the OTAs, you're going to do well. If, uh, if that's not what you're good at and uh, you long for the days of uh, inquiries and phone calls from VRBO ads, uh, you know, then you're just being Pollyannish. It's not going to happen. They're not going to reverse course. And uh, you have to be realistic about uh, it may be time to sell your business uh, and uh, move on to another industry uh, that is more comfortable for you. Yeah, I mentioned this recently with somebody else. It, it's it's like hankering back to those days where you had lots of legroom 
in an aeroplane and and had had really nice meals on china plates with knives and forks and proper glasses and that's not going to happen again it's you know it, it, it's it's progress it's change however we we look at it so how does this ad- adaptation look like what what does what is a property manager to do if you want to be a property manager that's going to be accessible for the long term you need to figure out how to make your ad successful and that starts uh and that means successful on the otas that starts with number one content so you've got to really focus on the content of your properties and i'm not talking uh, you know the listing itself i'm talking about the photos the headline uh, the copy uh, i've seen so many examples of property managers who have just been uh, my opinion lazy uh, about content uh, proper content starts with uh, my opinion uh, high resolution photos particularly the uh, thumbnail photo uh, and uh, continues to the headline uh, you know some form of uh, unique copy that's uh, thrown throughout. Too many property managers uh, have uh, cut corners here. It's uh, one of the areas where you can get the biggest bang for your buck by focusing on content, improving your content. And if you improve your content, you're going to improve your conversion on these OTAs. Beyond that, I think it's important that you diversify uh, your inventory among multiple OTAs. Um, the best way to leverage OTAs is to create a competitive uh, situation for your inventory. The more OTAs you're on, uh, the more leverage you have actually over the OTAs. So if you're just on one OTA, you're not going to have a lot of leverage. If you're on dozens of OTAs, uh, then you start to have leverage over those OTAs. Then all of a sudden, they're competing for your inventory. So uh, that takes uh, a lot more work for our property managers who are used to simply listing their uh, properties on one or two uh, sites. Uh, But again, if you want to be the OTAs at their own game, you've got to make it a priority to master this game and to master the OTAs. So so when you're talking about uh, listing on multiple uh, OTAs, which you're just talking about channel management, really, then, uh, and content... Are you, would you advocate that, that the content changes for different websites to perhaps to, to, to attract a different demographic? Because, you know, we know Airbnb is attracting a much, as, as you mentioned, a much younger, hipper group than um, VRBO, for example. I think that's ultimately the direction the more sophisticated companies will go is to build, at a minimum, the headlines for, towards the um, – the website or the OTA. Um, it, it's obviously more work, uh, and you have to have an understanding of database management to do it, but that would be my perspective would be the best way to optimize uh, per channel would be to write specific copy headlines in particular for each channel. Um, you know, We're still at the beginning stages of this, but that's where we're heading. Okay, so as far as content is concerned, I have seen, I mean, let, let's take SmokyMountains.com, for example. They have done, um, David has done, David Angotti did, did such a fabulous job with Smoky Mountains and the, um, the content of that website. Uh, how, how does that fit in if, if an owner is going to spend time you know, creating a, a fabulous website that is attracting, um, attracting traffic to it because it's, it's location-specific rather than accommodation-specific? Is it worth PMs doing that, spending the time on this content on their own websites? Well, yes. I mean, I think low-hanging fruit is to make certain your own website um, has good content so you're picked up in organic uh, search, SEO. That's about as low-hanging fruit as you can get because there's no question with where we're at right now with uh, – some of the larger OTAs charging a guest traveler fee, that uh, there's a portion of consumers who are educated enough they're going to try to find the source of, uh, of the content so they can avoid the guest uh, service fee. So, you know, you need to be optimized uh, with your own website so that if somebody is uh, typing into Google 
um, and attempting to find the source of, uh, of, of a property that they've seen on an OTA, they can easily find it. Beyond that, I think you're talking about niche websites. And, uh, you know, Smoky Mountains is a good example. It's actually an OTA. Now they've evolved into an OTA. Uh, so we actually list our inventory on Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm. And uh, so do probably seven or eight other uh, companies in the Gatlinburg market. And, uh, you know, I think that's a good example where property managers should be looking every direction for OTAs that are niche-oriented because those niche-oriented sites actually do very well. And, uh, again, goal is to be on dozens of OTAs uh, so you have leverage over uh, the OTAs. The more websites, OTA sites you're on, the more leverage you have over uh, over these uh, OTAs. Okay, that sort of segues into my next question, which is how f- the, al- the rise of alternative channels, and I think this is what you're meaning, these these niche, niche OTAs. How far can that go, that rise of the alternative channels go to disrupt the influence of the, of, of the major um, channels? Well, I think, I think there's a lot of room for it, and I, I actually think uh, it's, uh, it's the pendulum that's going to swing back. So what's happened is there's been a tremendous amount of money that's poured into what we call the demand side or the OTA side. So um, funding of companies like HomeAway, fundings of companies like Airbnb, um, some of these uh, third-party channel uh, companies have been picking up funding as well. And we've seen literally billions and billions of dollars in both the public and the private sector flowing into uh, distribution channels. Uh, that's created a tremendous amount of demand, and there's no, uh, you know, there's no question about that. Uh, Focusrite has uh, created a number of uh, uh, studies on it. Skift as well. Um, depending on uh, which one you you want to research, uh, you know, we've seen uh, 300% increase in the category over the last uh, several years which means category awareness by consumers. So whereas maybe 10 years ago, only one out of 10 consumers had even heard of vacation rentals, now it's closer to 40%. Uh, that is tremendous. And you know there's still a lot of room to grow because 40% is low compared to hotels, uh, you know, awareness of uh, category. The other thing that's happened is uh, the category hasn't even gone mainstream. I mean, uh, for the... For most uh, property managers are still not on Expedia, which is the number one website in North America for travel. Uh, Booking.com is still relatively limited. Uh, many property managers have not been able to get their inventory set up uh, on, on Airbnb. Uh, and then uh, C-Trips is another very, very large OTA coming out of Asia uh, that has just dipped their toes in the vacation rental uh, category. So, I expect over the next three years that uh, inventory property managers who want their inventory to be on these larger booking channels, uh, which would be uh, all the family of of, uh, sites owned by Priceline, Expedia, Airbnb for certain, and C-Trip, that they will have their inventory there. Uh, The problem is uh, there's only so much supply to go around, and that means the OTA is going to be fighting for that supply because the category of supply has not grown. Uh, really, I believe it's actually, in, uh, in North America, it's actually decreased. So uh, you have uh, a category which, in and of itself, the demand is growing, the penetration and awareness and desire for it, as well as the eyeballs are growing. So we have almost exponential demand increase followed by supply, which uh, at least in North America has decreased over the last 10 years. And there's a number of factors of why that supply has decreased, but it really has to do with the fact that there really hasn't been a large amount of vacation rentals um, built over the last 10 years due to the uh, uh, housing recession and the lack of resort uh, vacation rental developments being built post-recession due to their inability to get financing from banks. And there was a large amount of uh, inventory that was available. But in North America, you see um, the supply is starting to be gobbled up. 
we're actually seeing in southwest Florida a number of people who bought vacation rentals um, to eventually retire are now retiring. Uh, that's due to the baby boom uh, retirement phenomena. So, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, inventory that was vacation rentals being turned into full-time residents, and that's even in Gatlinburg where there was a fire uh, and residents lost their homes and they're buying vacation rentals. So, uh, you know, we have a supply that uh, I know the OTAs don't like to talk about it, but it's shrinking um, in North America, and uh, they haven't done anything to build the supply. Although, interestingly enough, uh, just the last couple of days, Airbnb announced that they were going to initiate building supply in the state of Florida. That's kind of interesting, uh, but uh, it'll probably take uh, decades to reverse the supply and demand imbalance that exists in the industry. That is where the power of uh, vacation managers, vacation rental managers, is going to come into play. Property managers will have power over OTAs um, if they know how to exploit and leverage the supply and demand imbalance. We're going to come to a point where um, I really would expect the OTAs to be uh, really thinking and really concerned about how they're going to get supply created. Uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunity uh, for property managers on the lodging side uh, because there's just such a supply and demand imbalance. I mean, the amazing thing about this category is, and no one disputes it, uh, the customer loves this category. They love it. I mean, they love vacation rentals as an alternative accommodations, and millennials may love it even more than non-millennials. Mm-hmm. So the fact that vacation rentals is a category that consumers love once they um, – go into a vacation rental, whether it's an Airbnb or a VRBO or going direct to a property manager, they just love it. I mean, it makes sense for basically uh, any group, three or more. So maybe one or two people might use a traditional hotel, but once you start to get into three or more people, uh, vacation rentals really uh, are by far a better option for the traveler. And the amazing part of everything, and again, there's another press release that Expedia Homeway just released about Southeast Asia. Is Southeast Asia is untapped for this uh, for this category, and the demographics in Southeast Asia are potentially more attractive than the rest of the world because of the amount of population uh, and the amount of disposable income that's starting to come into that region, along with um, the, the willingness and desire to travel abroad. Uh, and, you know, this category is basically hasn't even been scratched in Southeast Asia. So we're talking about a global category that consumers love uh, with the, there's a tremendous supply imbalance. Um, and, of course, property managers are on the supply side. So those property managers who can leverage that are going to be in the driver's seat. That where you're heading, Steve, Southeast Asia? I think Southeast Asia probably has the biggest opportunity uh, in the globe right now for the vacation rental category. Uh, Most of the OTAs have not done a good job, with the exception of C-Trips, which is a $40 billion company that most uh, people in North America have never heard of. Uh, Believe me, C-Trips is heading towards North America and Europe. Uh, They have uh, done an amazing job in China primarily. Uh, they're going to continue to expand outside of China, and then they will start to expand into um, North America and um, Europe. We've actually been talking to them about uh, working with us on uh, in Hawaii, where we mm-hmm. have uh, quite a bit of properties right now. And, uh, you know, Hawaii is one of, the, one of those destinations which has just had a tremendous uh, growth from Asian travelers, and it's not just the traditional Japanese travelers that everybody used to say were the ones that were traveling. Uh, it's China, Korea, even parts of Vietnam and the Philippines are starting to travel because of the affluence of, uh, of those economies, the next generation. Uh, airfares are relatively inexpensive. There's a number of direct flights into Honolulu from uh, seven or eight destinations in uh, Southeast Asia. So uh, I think there is a tremendous opportunity coming out of uh, Southeast Asia for this category. I believe HomeAway 
uh, put out some uh, press release uh, with uh, triple-digit gains in Southeast Asia year over year. So um, I know Airbnb is focused on it. Uh, they have not executed very well in China, uh, but I'm sure they're uh, going to try to get, uh, get their act together in China because, you know, that's the engine that drives Southeast Asia. Well, I, I was one of those who hadn't heard of C-Trip until, um, un, un, until you mentioned it and I saw it in your presentation. So that, that sort of brings me to something else I wanted to talk to you about, which was these, the, the OTAs, re- really getting to know them before people start to list on, as you say, multiple um, platforms, really knowing what these, these OTAs are about because they're very different and I was in uh, Florence last week and talking to Booking.com and they were, I, I know how active Booking.com and how important they are in Europe and really wanting to move into the, the US um, North American market. But when I looked at back at your, uh, the, the presentation slides that you did or that, I, that, that you did two years ago and, and the, the, the more recent Uh, iteration of it there are some things that have not changed with these platforms you mention in both of those about booking.com being arrogant what does that mean well i think there's a number of OTAs that have been arrogant particularly the larger ones but arrogant means that from my standpoint and it's probably not a word that airbnb or priceline want to hear but it means that they came into the category for vacation rentals with an attitude that uh, property managers and uh, property manager units needed to adapt to their model, uh, not the other way around. So uh, arrogant means we succeeded in uh, hotel uh, segment, boutique hotels as Priceline, or we succeeded in the urban area as Airbnb uh, and shared housing. And uh, we view this category as one and the same, and we're going to give you uh, our format, and you're going to fit into our format. Uh, that doesn't work. Uh, vacation rentals are way too complicated, uh, and we could spend a half hour on all of the API configuration issues mm-hmm. that make uh, this category so complex. And basically, you have a very complex category, and you have um, OTAs, trying to get a very complex category to fit within a more simplified uh, pipeline that they've set up for hotels or for an urban uh, stay environment with Airbnb. Um, So um, I think both Priceline and Airbnb completely underestimated the complexity of the category and made some strategic blunders as to how they were going to execute uh, within the core vacation rental market. And, um, you know, on the other hand, uh, say what you will about Expedia, uh, but they purchased HomeAway, which was a brilliant decision, and HomeAway has uh, evolved with the category. Uh, First and foremost, they bought the software. So they bought uh, some of the larger property manager softwares, which gave them the um, inside ability to kind of figure that how to match uh, their listings with the pipeline. So, uh, you know, for all the criticism Expedia takes, the one thing I will tell everyone who criticizes Expedia is they purchased Homeway. I mean, so they have the inside track on how to scale and how to optimize uh, to get the category to work right um, with their with their uh, API. So, uh, you know, that's how I view um, the arrogance. I mean, we could spend more time about TripAdvisor, but I think they're almost a side note at this point. So, you know, there's really no point. I mean, they've kind of blown up the category and they're kind of a side note at this point. I I, I mentioned in an email to you about um, uh, cancellations, um, re- really, because I was thinking about Booking.com and some issues I'd heard of from property managers about working with Booking.com and the issue of, of, of cancellations and no-shows. And you came back, you said, among property managers that understand the difference between an agency model and a merchant model. This was in answer to my question, is there also a move to reduce cancellation periods in, in, a la the booking.com model? What did you mean by that, by between an agency model and a merchant model? 
Well, this is a kind of a biggie. So uh, an agency model is one where uh, essentially a third party or you working through uh, an OTA, uh, you don't take the credit card. You don't get the credit card. Uh, with Booking.com, it could be the credit card is uh, stored uh, and uh, will be billed uh when the customer arrives, uh, when you are the merchant, you get the credit card right away. And depending on your terms and conditions, uh, let's say you charge 50% uh, at the time of booking and 50% 30 days prior to arrival, just as an example, uh, you have the ability to charge right away. Well, if you're charging right away, then uh, you know whether it's a valid credit card or not. The other thing is, um, that uh, the a merchant a merchant aspect when someone's asked to actually put in a credit card that's going to be charged right away, there's a lot less of these uh, kind of dummy uh, credit cards put in. Uh, you know, Booking.com has tremendous issues with credit cards going in. Um, uh, we use a third party company. We could not pull off successfully working with uh, Priceline Booking.com directly. Um, they were just uh, impossible, really, to work with. Uh, they didn't understand the category. They had almost no support, uh, just a continuous sea change of people coming and going within the vacation rental category. So we chose to work with a third-party uh, merchant called Vacay Home. We were actually in Amsterdam talking with the, the head of Priceline. Still not sure if he's still there, the vacation rental division, uh, because uh, Priceline is... Uh, uh, well, Booking.com is headquartered in Amsterdam, and uh, you know they, they were talking about credit cards coming in at a failure rate of 40%, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it just shows you how how big of a deal cancellation can be. Uh, now, that merchant was just rejecting them uh, continuously because because we uh, whenever we get a booking. We do take uh, 40 to 50% down as a payment uh, against our cancellation terms and against our, our contract. So uh, that puts teeth into it. Um, but if you're, uh, and so that's a merchant, that's a merchant uh, level uh, setup. If you work on an agency setup where you don't have control of the credit card and uh, maybe you're uh, not even charging until the arrival or until the guest arrives, that that puts you at a huge rate of cancellation. You know, that model is more set up for a hotel um, than a vacation rental because the hotel has generic units, and if the person doesn't show up, uh, you know, they can, they can rent it to someone else. Sometimes they even overbook, um, which some people find out when they arrive at a hotel. Sometimes you don't have a room. Uh, but with a vacation rental... Uh, we have discrete inventory. We can't do that. So this is really a big issue. Um, I'm not certain most property managers even understand it. Um, and there's middlemen that are running around that are running an agency model uh, who are doing things that are not in the best interest of property managers. Um, in some cases, they're taking control of uh, the, the credit card and uh, pre-booking and then stripping out fees keeping them for themselves and then passing along uh, a diluted amount to the uh, property manager. Uh, So it's a bit of the Wild West out there. Um, And that's why I say um, the property managers who really uh, get their hands around this are going to succeed. The ones who don't um, are going to have a hard time with the way this business is evolving because uh, it's going to take everybody being on their toes and really understanding what's going on with these OTAs and these OTA middlemen to be able to manage their business successfully. So when you're talking about OTA middlemen, who, who are you talking about? Well, there's companies out there. Uh, AK Home is one. Uh, My Booking Pal is one. Reynolds United is one. Um, Next Pack is one. Uh, Lexicon is one. Um, I'm probably leaving out one or two red awning. Um, so we perhaps know, know them as channel managers. Yes, they're channel managers, I guess, would be another way of calling them. Okay. Um, 
there's Blue Ten has gotten into it. These web marketing companies are getting into it. Uh, everybody is uh, getting into it. Of course, there used to be LeisureLink. Uh, they uh, ran out of cash, but uh, you know this is uh, a bit of the gold rush. So you have uh, these middlemen uh, companies that are being funded in some cases by venture capital, uh, and they're coming in because they think they'll get three percent of every transaction. And in theory, you know, the model is, well, you know, it's very difficult to deal with the OTAs directly, which is true. It, it's factually correct that it's it's very difficult to deal with these OTAs directly. Uh, most property managers certainly don't have the uh, aptitude or technical resources to deal with them. So why not have a middleman deal with them, take a percentage, and you get a little bit of a large pipeline. Um, and that is potentially a win-win model if you have uh, a middleman that's competent and isn't playing games like taking money and uh, not distributing mm-hmm. to you all of the money that you potentially think you should be due. As, as far as the OTAs are concerned in general, um, have, they, have they made sufficient changes, do you think, in, in terms of working with property managers over the past two years? Um, I know from my experience, just, work, just starting to work with Airbnb, that I still find it a, a model that is 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 not um, it's it's not designed for property managers. I know they are pushing into this in, into the property manager space and have been for some time, but it seems that they are perhaps not adapting as well as as they should be. Well, Airbnb is a, a topic that uh, I probably the number one company I get asked the most about because uh, they're a fraction of our OTA revenue. So they give you some idea. Uh, home away this year will do well over $16 million of uh, revenue with our company. OTA will do, uh, Airbnb will do about a million dollars. Uh, so home away is dwarfing what Airbnb produces for us. The scary thing about Airbnb is they're accelerating. Uh, we picked up some companies that um, had manual Airbnb accounts and, um, uh, we've actually seen an acceleration uh, in the Airbnb um, revenue from a year over year of close to 50%. And uh, there's a number of reasons for it, but you touched upon it. Uh, a manual system does not work for a large company. It just doesn't. It's, it's impossible. Uh, I mean, this is, uh, you know, e-commerce 101. I, I mean, trying to manually update rates and calendars and booking rules is absolutely impossible, um, followed by the fact that Airbnb, uh, and depends on who you want to talk to as to why, uh, has not uh, set up a, a direct connection with HomeAway Software. Well, HomeAway Software has the larger enterprise companies in North America, so we're on a HomeAway Software product called B12. We have no direct inter, uh, interaction with Airbnb because uh, Airbnb and HomeAway have not come to an agreement operate on HomeAway software. So um, that in and of itself is a big problem for Airbnb because the larger property managers in North America are on HomeAway software. So whether they like it or not, that's a fact. Uh, you know, they do have direct connects with some of the smaller property management companies like Libres and Streamline, and uh, they're, they were looking at another handful of other companies uh, but even there, you know, they're, they're still struggling with API issues. And the reality of the situation is uh, for a company that really uh, created uh, its market share in the urban market and in shared housing by listening and uh, spending time researching and, and really getting their homework done, they have done a terrible job in um, what I call the core vacation rental market. Uh, there are very few... Airbnb representatives uh, that even show up for VRMA, which is the largest gathering of property managers um, in North America. Um, They uh, have spent uh, very little time trying to understand the vacation rental side. Now, I know they'll say they have, but uh, I don't believe uh, their comments about have I would say, well, if you have, then your execution is terrible. Uh, they've had a tremendous turnover 
in uh, leadership, uh, the head of global vacation rentals, John Stewart, left. Uh, Amanda Felson, who was head of API for them, she left. Uh, you know, they've had key people leave out of that vacation rental uh, area. And I think it's because of a lack of frustration with the lack of execution and a frustration from leadership of prioritization of resources. And, uh, you know, so if you're going to talk uh, the talk, then you need to walk it. And they, you know, they have not walked and they have not been able to execute. And I have challenged them over and over again by saying you need to execute in this, in this space, not just talk about executing, not just make a call and tell us, you know, we want to put your, your listings on Airbnb, but actually show us how we're going to get booking. Because um, my data shows that Airbnb is not just not only underperforming, uh, but they're decelerating. And it makes no sense other than the fact that uh, their APA doesn't scale. Um, it's for, uh, specifically large property management companies. And then you have all kinds of issues with just uh, the way they set up their, their rules and, you know, the closed communication. Uh, they don't support complex booking rules. Uh, taxes are not being collected. Um, uh, rate terms, they only have one category for additional fees, which is a cleaning fee. So if you have a damage waiver fee or a pet fee or uh, any type of other fees, uh, you got to push them all into either a booking fee or increase your rent. Uh, and they're the merchant of record. All of these issues are extremely problematic for booking on Airbnb. And then you've got the uh, issues with property managers are just starting to talk about, which is um, the fact that Airbnb uh, is extremely pro-guest and will cancel bookings for extenuating circumstances, leaving uh, the property manager with almost no recourse uh, to recover money. uh, And uh, most of the caseworkers will side with a guest over particularly a property management company. And some of these guests have been masters at manufacturing um, ways to get refunds or get out of um, out of stays. Um, you know, Airbnb has just not executed. They have not committed to the category. They have not done some of the things that I would think a company that's raised billions and billions of dollars should. Uh, it's a it starts with the leadership, um, and the leadership to date has uh, simply not uh, embraced the vacation rental uh, category. They've been almost invisible at vacation rental functions. Now, one of the co-founders of, of Airbnb is coming uh, in October to the VRMA, and I think that's a major step forward. But, I mean, that's one step. They have many, 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 many steps that they have to take. And, um, you know, this is not unlike HomeAway. HomeAway, uh, for, for its very early stages, was a very rent-by-owner company, and uh, they were actually antagonistic with professional property managers, uh, they pivoted somewhere around uh, 2008, 2009 and started to attend property management um, conferences. And then uh, as the company headed to going public, uh, they really embraced property management. And uh, today, uh, the bulk of their revenue is coming from property management, as you would expect it would, uh, because property management uh, companies have inventory that generally is available almost 365 uh, days a year, um, and it's a lot easier to deal with uh, eight or 9,000 property managers who, among them, average about 100 properties per property manager than, you know, a lot of one-off uh, customers. Also, property managers have been more apt to embrace instant booking, um, which, you know, they're not as concerned about talking to the guests or getting a request for the guests, uh, you know, for a property management uh, company, you know, this is a business. This is a transaction. Um, you know, we're not into, you know, wanting to get to know the guests first before booking. Now, I know there's some exceptions, and I know some property managers do a lot more screening, uh, but that's just not the case in general for most property managers who are at least using instant booking. So, uh, you know, the Airbnb issue is one where uh, I know, uh, you know, they've been phenomenal at getting press, uh, getting valuation, creating a story. Uh, but, uh, you know, I have not seen execution at all from that company. And until I actually see execution, 
uh, I certainly don't believe that they're going to be much of a factor within the core vacation rental industry. Yeah, it's 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 the experience that that I've had with them so far. You're sort of what what you've said is um, sitting here nodding because I've, I've I've sort of been along that route myself as a property manager over the past sort of six months or so. So so perhaps you know I'm I'm not going to see see the changes overnight that I would like to see. Um, listen, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. You've um, as 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 last time. You've uh, you've over delivered and and given so much insight and and uh, perspective on the industry. So I'd just like to thank you so much for for taking the time to talk to me. Well, thank you, Heather. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So interesting to talk to Steve and get so much valuable information and and just um, th- those insights in into the industry. I mean, Steve has been doing this since 2005, 2006. As I said, he started with 15 properties, now up to over 2,000. Just a phenomenal rate of growth. And, you know, you have to know this business to be successful in it. So one, one thing that really gave, gave me some aha moment, when he talks about those who, are, those who can adapt will survive and thrive and those who can't adapt will perish. And that really gets me thinking, it's, this is not just for me as, a, as a, a property manager. This is also for independent owners who are railing against what's going on at the moment. So even though we have some disruptors in the industry, it, it is so important to adapt, to survive. And, and I know Alan Egan talks about this a lot. We sort of discussed much of the same in the conversation I had with him a few weeks ago. But I hope you enjoyed that, enjoyed that uh, sort of deep dive into online travel agencies and and what they are doing and how we can work with them and perhaps more working with them than working against them, while at the same time creating an independent brand as well. That's something we're going to be coming back to over and over again as we go through uh, the rest of this year talking to different people about the vacation rental industry. And as I said at the beginning, Steve will also be keynoting at the Vacation Rental Success Summit in May of next year. You need to come. You need to come and listen to him talk about OTAs. Um, This is the one guy who knows them through and through and and hopefully brings you some aha moments as well. Many thanks for listening. I'll be with you again very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. 